game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. I forget it. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. And welcome into another edition of the Post Game Pints podcast. I'm Campbell, he's Gallo, and we're ready to start it off with the rapid fire. Of course, we are brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery, as uh, we'll be talking about this beer in just a second. We're going to be drinking it first. I'm drinking it now, and Sean, I'll say right off the bat, you know me, I love art. Look at these sleek new cans, baby. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, nice little series coming out. They've got new ones coming out almost every week, another one this week. So check it out at labrosse.com, 133 Labrosse in Point Claire. Check their hours uh, because you can go and pick up yourself as many as you want. Just make sure you mention the podcast when you go. You'll get a little discount. All right, rapid fire, Mitch. We got to start things off. There's still an undefeated team in the NFL. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can they go? 16 and 0. Well, I don't think the question is can they go 16 and 0 because yes, they are currently undefeated, so they can. The question is will they go 16 and 0? And I'm going to say no because of their upcoming schedule. I just see too many games that they could potentially lose. I'm not going to say they're going to lose all these games. I'm just saying they have some difficult opponents coming up. I look at uh, week 16 at Buffalo. Winning in Buffalo is definitely going to be challenging for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then I look at week 16. They have a home game against Indianapolis. I look at the wild card situation right now in the AFC. The Indianapolis Colts in that game could very well be fighting for their playoff lives. So they should be a motivated team. And then in week 17, they play at Cleveland. That's a road game against a divisional opponent, and also a team that at that time could be fighting for one of the final playoff positions in the AFC. So I just think there's too many hurdles ahead. They've had a couple close calls. Didn't love the way they looked in that game against Dallas a few Sundays ago. So I think they do have some holes. And you know what, Sean? I think it would be a good thing if they lose because get it out of the way because this is not a team I don't think capable of going 16 and 0 and then running the table in the playoffs as well so get the loss out of the way while you can all right there's there's a couple things there and, and i agree with you breaking down the schedule mitch and i think that the colts is going to be the most difficult one even though it's in pittsburgh home and away is kind of taken uh you know a weird turn this year with the coronavirus but then the tougher teams are cleveland and buffalo two teams that have so much to prove and have fallen flat on their face so many times. 
So I'm a little hesitant if that's going to be tough. They're good teams. Buffalo and Cleveland are very good teams. What I think you need to look at is what happens with Kansas City. Because Kansas City only has one loss. And if the Steelers are 15-0 and and they're playing Cleveland in that last week, they're going to have to go if, if, if uh, Kansas City's right there. And they're going to have to figure it out. But if Kansas City loses or drops one game, there's going to be a bit of, oh, maybe we'll take this as an extra bye week. Because getting the number one seed in the NFL is huge this year because you're the only team that gets a bye. And if they have the time to get the rest, they're going to take it if they have a two-game lead. I don't know if they'll start everybody in Week 17, even if they are 15-0. Of course, they want to go for uh, you know, the record and, and be one of the, the perfect teams that's happened in the NFL with the Patriots and the, and the Dolphins. But I, I'm just curious what happens with Kansas City. I think the indie game might be the toughest. I understand that Buffalo and Cleveland are good football teams, but they're just Buffalo and Cleveland, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I know what you mean with uh, with Cleveland, and I think Cleveland has a lot to prove. I, I, I disagree with, with Buffalo. I think Buffalo has established themselves to a higher degree than Cleveland, where you can look at them and say, okay, they lead their division. Well, they did, they establish, did they establish themselves because the Patriots don't have Tom Brady anymore, or do they still need to prove that they're uh, Sean, a team? Sean, you know what? I, I think, you know, in that division – uh, the AFC East, I think the Dolphins are more competitive than they've been for quite some time. Uh, the Patriots, you know, they're still just a game under 500. It's not like they've completely fallen to the bottom of the standings. And I just look at Buffalo and I'm like, I like the different elements that they have. They have one of the top 10 most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. You know, you got to love the acquisition yeah. of Diggs in the offseason. He's been connecting with Josh Allen. I think defensively, they're pretty sound. And I know you want to diminish home field, and I know you're usually a big proponent of it. And I'm I not realize I'm not diminishing it. I'm just saying there's just a little bit of a difference this year, just a little bit. It's not like it used to be. Well, nat- naturally, and that was to be expected. But as you know, you still look at those home road splits across the board, and it is still an advantage to play at home. So um, it's not like I'm saying, Sean, that they're going to lose to Buffalo and Cleveland. I'm just saying. If I was a betting man and I'm looking at Buffalo, Indianapolis, and Cleveland, I would put a lot of money on them losing at least one of those three games. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I just think it's going to be interesting. It's a tough schedule, but it's only five games, and they just won 11 in a row. All right. Uh, let's continue. Let's move over to the NBA a little bit, Mitch. Is the NBA about to take control of the sports world? Hockey? Who knows? NFL? Dwindling down. Major League Baseball? It's not summer. And the NBA had a really good playoff and return to play. They've gotten their uh, ducks in order. They're going to get ready for Christmas. Is the NBA really going to be a mega sport, just climbing the ranks, trying to, I don't know if anybody will get to the NFL when it comes to revenue, but the NBA is soaring right now. Yeah, the NBA definitely is soaring. The NBA, Sean, they, they do such a great job at being in the news on a consistent basis during their offseason. Like, you look at the transactions that happen in the NBA, the player movement, the speculation, uh, the way the top teams market themselves. Like, nationally, that sport is really strong. Now, I think on a night-to-night basis, outside of the top teams in the big markets, uh, Philadelphia, Boston, Brooklyn being interesting this year, both teams in L.A., Maybe both teams in, or all three teams in Texas, I should say. 
those teams get the the spotlight. But then when you start going to the bottom tier teams, I don't know how much intrigue there is. Look, well, the I, bottom think, teams, I think you still have on the bottom teams, you're going to get the stars. And I think the stars are the drawing power. They have the NBA with these these players that are on the court the whole time. You get to learn about the stars. And this, and you can see it. Stars can carry small markets and bad teams. Until they the think, Sean, like the stars aren't playing mostly in the small markets. Like outside of Yanis in Milwaukee, the stars are, right now are in the big markets when you're looking at, you know, Kevin Durant in Brooklyn or LeBron James uh, in L.A. or the star power they currently have in Miami. Look, I, I, I'm with you. I think the NBA is going to get a lot of eyeballs on their product. Um, they have to take advantage, though, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying – who knows what the NFL schedule is going to look like when they continue to have COVID cases and games move around. But the yeah. NBA has to make sure that uh, nights that would be dark are filled with their product. So I'm looking at Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, and until the playoffs, Saturday night. Those are the nights that NBA can be like, we are the only product in town. And yeah. the NFL is always going to reign supreme. But the NBA can definitely take a lot of fans that maybe would be watching hockey and put those eyes on their product. I think that they're going to just grab so many eyes in this winter. And if they get going in December and January and the NHL gets started in February, the, the NHL is just going to be chasing an uphill battle. Not like the NHL was in competition with the NBA because they, they, they coincide the same time frame but they were never really in direct competition. Of course, there are dollars that they want, but at the same time, the NBA is going to put the NHL to dust. Major League Baseball, we're not sure what's really happening there. Uh, I know that there's growth in Major League Soccer, but it's going to be NFL, NBA, 1-2 uh, in North America, no doubt about it. All right, Mitch, uh, before we get into a, a great thing that we're going to do today, we're actually going to do a redraft of just two years ago the 2018 NHL draft. And I, I look forward to doing this with you, Mitch. Uh, but we got a game this weekend in the NFL. Your favorite team versus my favorite team. Packers and Eagles. Yeah. Is, is, can, 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 you, can you put up a case that your Eagles are going to be competitive here? Well, here, here's, the, here's the big issue. I'm very angry with the Philadelphia Eagles. No, I, I can't make a case. Other, other than saying that they need this game more than Green Bay does, I can't make a case for Philadelphia. Uh, in two weeks from now, the Eagles take on the Saints. I don't think the Eagles are going to win that game, but I can make a case for them winning that game. In three weeks from now, they play the Cardinals. I can make a case for them winning that game. And they wrap up with two uh, division games. Next week, it's a write-off. If they couldn't you know, handle business against some of the teams that they couldn't handle business against. There's no way uh, they are going to put up much of a fight against Green Bay. The only thing I will say is that the Eagles have, as far as yards per carry, one of the most dynamic backs in the league in Miles Sanders. And the Green Bay Packers don't have a very good run defense. So I think in that game – the Eagles are going to run the ball a ton, something we didn't necessarily see on Monday night against Seattle. Now, is Green Bay going to stack the box and be ready for it? Probably. And 
when they do, can Carson Wentz come up and make some big plays? Probably not, which is why I'm very angry with the Eagles. All right, so just, just a couple things, because you're, you're right, the run defense is great, but the best counterattack to that but that the Packers have is take the lead, and then they force the other team chasing the game they have to throw. And yeah. you, you, you've seen, even with big leads, teams that start running in the third quarter, they get back into the game. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything nobody knows, doesn't know about the Packers, but it's just something that is 100% there. The just, so on that front, I'm with you. Packers are a better team. They should win. They should come out victorious against the Eagles. Uh, They're in competition with the top seed. They'd like to get that number one seed. So it's very important for them. So there's no way I can coerce you into some sort of bet here. Uh, Post-game pints, bets, you know, there'll be some consequences for the loser. You don't, you don't, you don't want to do anything here? How, how, how about this? Um, if the Packers win the game, I will start next podcast by chugging a pint of beer on the post-game pints podcast. But I want two-to-one odds. So I want you to pound two pints of beer if the Eagles win the game. All right. And I, then, might, I might – okay, I'm, I'm in. I, I think I think it'll, it'll I think it'll make for a very interesting podcast to follow. Okay, so so here's the thing: if the Eagles win, I have to pine, pound two pints to start the podcast, and That's you right. have to and you have to pound one. Yes. Okay. How about we do that in two episodes? Why two episodes? Well, I'm just saying, why don't we just do that in two episodes so I can mentally prepare to watch you pound one? Okay. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Two episodes from now. In two episodes, one of us is going to be pinding a a pint. Might be pinding two. And now I'm I'm not even talking properly. It doesn't really matter. I like it. We're on. We're on. Here's the the official rule. So the intro to the podcast is 35 seconds, I believe. I don't know. I I wasn't counting. It's a good beat, though. Okay. That that, that beginning portion, that 35 seconds, that is your time frame to pile into two pints. Ooh! Oh, well, go Packers, then. Go Packers. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, the post-game pints podcast, Campbell and Gallo, uh, is brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery. And uh, once again, mention the post-game pints podcast when you go and you'll get 10% off. Uh, say hi to Alex, Captain, Dan, uh, Troy, anybody who's there. Uh, they have a great time. And this, we're doing the uh, double IPA here. It's a new series. And I love the graphics on this. Uh, they're, they've got another one coming out this week. You should check it out at labrosse.com. Uh, go check it out. You can order online, pick up at the store at 133 Labrosse. But man, Mitch, I am enjoying this thoroughly. And uh, being a double IPA, this should be very interesting when we get into the redraft momentarily. Yeah, it hits the spot very nicely. Obviously, this is co- considered a strong beer, a New England IPA. It's pretty, it's pretty damn hoppy. So if you're not into IPAs and not into hops, you might want to opt for something else if you go to Labrosse because they do have plenty selection and uh, different types of beer available. But if you are an IPA connoisseur and like uh, sipping on uh, something a little bit different, then by all means indulge because I am really enjoying this beer. And uh, by the way, I know they have some great IPAs down the line that are coming. And I know that you and I, we've already kind of let the cat out of the bag. Uh, it will be the Angry Gallo Ale versus the Campbell Play-By-Play IPA uh, coming uh, this holiday season. So we'll have more details, but uh, you got to check that out. All right, Mitch, 
You ready for the 2018 NHL redraft? All I'm right. looking going forward to this one, Sean. Hold on. Before we start, yes. before we start, hold on. Yes. Uh, boy one, can you get me another one of these? Uh, okay, thank you. I've got service. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of uh, service at my call and beckon. All right, so first things first, we've got to figure out who's going to draft first. We're going to do the top 10. We're going to redo just the draft from two years ago. We're going to redo the draft, top 10 picks. Yes, that's the one where the Canadians picked third overall and took Yes, Barry Kakanyemi. Is he going to go third overall again between Mitch and I? Well, it's coming up next because, Mitch, we have to figure out who's going first and who's going second. All right, how do you want to do this? Uh, I, I, you want to flip a coin? You want to say that you really want the first pick? You want to... You know, let me know. I really want the first pick. All right, but you have to figure out if I'm holding a one or a two in my hand. Ready? You're number one. Ah! <laughs> so I get to go first. All right. Because I'm probably – I don't know if I'm going to throw you for a loop because I have my ten picks that I would have put in order. I know you have yours. But as the draft goes, things change, right? That's right. You ready? Yes, sir. With the first overall pick – the Buffalo Sabres take Rasmus Dahlin. Rasmus Dahlin. I am not changing that first overall pick. Uh, I thought about it. There's someone that I would take, and I really thought about it hard. But at the same time, I'm going with the number one in the 2018 NHL redraft, Rasmus Dahlin. All right. That leaves me with uh, the number two pick in the draft. Held by the Carolina Hurricanes. So with the second overall pick in the NHL draft, the Carolina Hurricanes select from the Barry Colts of the Ontario Hockey League, Andrei Svechnikov. See, I know you think differently than I do, where you take what you think the team would have picked at that time too, and I just take the guy that would have been available at that time and the perfect guy to fit that mold. Uh, I don't know if I would have taken Svechnikov there at number two because I was debating Darlene with another guy. So the guy that I was debating at number one has fallen in the 2018 NHL redraft here on the Post Game Pines podcast. And the Montreal Canadiens will not take Jesperi Kakaniemi. The Montreal Canadiens are picking Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Uh, I had him slotted as the number three selection in the draft as well. I thought, about, I, I thought about having Buffalo take him number one. I'm not kidding. I, I did. I think that he may be the better of the two, but I think maybe Rasmus Dahlin kind of has the full package. Yeah, Rasmus Dahlin is going to turn into Victor Hedman. I realize uh, the point totals are nice with Quinn Hughes, but uh, Dahlin, I think, has um, more room to grow. Yeah, uh, in, my head, the... in my head for the Canadians here, I was, I was thinking, well, they're getting Dahlin, Smetchnikov, or Quinn Hughes at this point. With the uh, fourth pick in the 2018 draft, the Ottawa Senators are going to select from Boston University, Brady Kachuk. Exact same thing for me. I had the same thing, same pick, same location at number four. Nothing's really changed. The only thing that's changed here, Mitch, is that yes, Barry Cockney hasn't gotten number three and Quinn Hughes has jumped. That's right. So I'm going to go to number five, and that is the Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes, uh, they will go in a bit of a different direction. They're still going to take a forward, but they're not going to go with the center ice position. At uh, number five, 
the Arizona Coyotes select Joel Faraby. And we saw, a lot of, we saw a lot of him with the Canadians facing Philadelphia Flyers in the uh, first round of playoffs. Funny, Sean, because I also had Joel Farabee ranked number five on my board. <laughs> uh, the number six pick belongs to the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings with the sixth pick in the 2018 NHL redraft will select from Finland, Jesperi Kokaniemi. Yeah, I think this is exactly where he would go to. Uh, I know that they ended up taking Philip Zadina at the time, and I know that a lot of Canadian fans wanted Philip Zadina, uh, but Jesperi Kokaniemi going to the Detroit Red Wings at number six. You already know that he can play in the NHL. He's got that size. Maybe it takes a little bit longer to develop, even though he started early. I have no problem with Detroit taking Kokaniemi at number six. Uh, so I'm on number seven, and uh, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, they, they, they ended up taking Quinn Hughes, but now Quinn Hughes is gone. Darlene is gone. Uh, so they're going to go with Adam Boquist, uh, who, is, uh, who, who went to Chicago, but they're going to take Adam Boquist, who I really like. This is a really good young defenseman, already made the jump to the NHL. I, and he, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes, probably in a top four role next year. Yeah, and you had uh, two Swedish defensemen going in the top 10 of that draft. Chicago ended up getting Bokvist. And I think there's still a lot of room for growth. I really like him. And also had him uh, slotted at that spot. Uh, Sean, with the uh, eighth pick, which belongs to Chicago, so they don't end up with Bokvist. Instead... Nope. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are going to draft from the Sioux Greyhounds of the Ontario Hockey League, Barrett Hayden. Yeah, look, Barrett Hayden, incredible career with the World Juniors and Team Canada. And I think if you remember how well he played over the last two years, Team Canada, phenomenal. And uh, he is a guy that he, he was – a lot of people were surprised he was taken almost right after. Yes, Barry Kakanyemi. Uh, and as a second center iceman, and people were like, oh, well, they, they went, maybe they were the team that wanted, yes, Barry Cockney in the end. No, I think they always wanted Barry Hayton, but uh, they decided to go a different route, and Barry Hayton drops to number eight at Chicago. All right, number nine, the New York Rangers, Mitch. Mm-hmm. The New York Rangers. Select. I'm doing it. Now that they know what they know now in 2020 and 2018, they're taking Alex Ro Romanoff. Oh, Alex Romanoff. Alexander Romanoff. Continuing with a little bit of a Russian feel, European feel. Think about it. They didn't know, nobody knew anything about him in 2018. But what people know about him now, where he's going to be jumping into an NHL spot at this time, New York Rangers would take an Alex Romanoff on their defense right now. Now, and I would even say so a little bit ahead of Evan Bouchard, who's another guy that I could have taken. But I think that Romanoff might have a little bit of an edge, even though he hasn't played a game yet. And Bouchard has. I'm taking Romanoff with the New York Rangers. All right. And uh, that leaves me with the final selection of the top 10, which belongs to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Sean Edmonton is going to not look at needs, but they are going to look at taking the best player available on the board right now. I think uh, you might be a little bit surprised by this pick, but, you know, I've watched a lot of junior hockey, and uh, I'm very high on him. His brother already uh, had a couple tee in the NHL. With the 10th pick in the draft, the Edmonton Oilers will select from the London Knights of the Ontario Hockey League, Liam Foodie. 
Ah, went Liam Foodie. I had him on my list. He wasn't the guy that I was going to go here. Uh, one of the guys that I had, uh, Deladrea, Ty Deladrea. And I also was looking at, I thought you were going to go Oliver Wallstrom. I like Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, the other two players I obviously like at this point, they were high picks though. Uh, Zadina, I still yeah. think he is going to be able to score some goals in this league. Might be more of a specialist type of player, one-dimensional, but I think he can score. And uh, Noah Dobson as well, I think, uh, would have been a fine selection at number 10. But I'm very high on Liam Foody. I think he has a heck of a career ahead of him. Yeah, I'm kind of curious with the Dobson and the Evan Bouchard versus Romanoff. You know, I think we both kind of know where Kuhn Hughes and, and Rasmus Dahlin are going, just on the defense front. So yeah. when I chose Romanoff, maybe it's because I'm in the Montreal market. And I went ahead of an Evan Bouchard, who I think is going to be a really good defenseman, and Noah Dobson too with the Islanders. I, I just, I, I, I just kind of hesitated a little bit. I went with Romanoff, and I now just in my head, I'm curious how how he does in comparison to theirs. And I know we've done the redraft before, Mitch. It's just interesting doing a redraft only two years later. So yeah, just because re- uh, we don't have the benefit of, of, of hindsight as much no. as uh, we had with some of the other drafts. All right, so just to uh, recap the 2018 NHL redraft here on the Post Game Pines podcast, Campbell and Gallo, uh, nothing really changes with the first two picks. Rasmus Dahlin and uh, Svechnikov go to Buffalo and Carolina, but the Canadians, they get Quinn Hughes at number three. Brady Kachuk, he stays with the Ottawa Senators at number five. Joel Farabee, he lands in Arizona. Yes, Barry Kakadiemi with the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know if he would have started as a rookie. And then uh, Adam Boquist uh, lands with Vancouver, Chicago. They get Barrett Hayton. Alexander Romanov goes from the second round to a top 10 pick at number nine to the New York Rangers. And then uh, Liam Foody at number 10 to the Edmonton Oilers. That is your 2018 NHL redraft. All right, Mitch, you ready for a pop? I guess I have to be ready for the pop quiz. It's your turn to give me one. Are you ready for a pop quiz? That's a no for those listening on SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, Campbell, here's your pop quiz question. In honor of the 2018 draft, the one that we just redrafted for, I would like to know the last five Swedish-born players selected in the top three of the NHL draft. The last five Swedish-born players drafted in the top three. Darlene. Darlene is one of the five. Uh, does it go as far back as, is it 2010 with Hedman? Hedman is number two. Okay, so there's one before Hedman, and there's no, three in number two. Darlene was one, Hedman oh, was two. Oh, so now it's before that. Okay. So, oh, sorry, I was thinking five, one. I told you, I wasn't ready. Uh, so is, is Max in this uh, list? Who? Matt Sundin? Matt Sundin, number five. Okay, so now I have to go from Sundin after that, right? Yes. Uh, Marcus, uh, uh, Daniel and Henrik. You got the five answers. And Sean, interestingly enough. Yeah, in the history, I knew that. That was easy. That was easy. Boom. Yeah, boom. Imp- five imp- five. Impre- impressive. But what's what's interesting to note here, in the history of the NHL draft, only five players from Sweden all time have been drafted in the top three. 
By the way, I didn't give you one wrong answer. No, you did not. Not one wrong answer. And that could be the name of the podcast. <laughs> but I just opened up a beer. Uh, cheers, Mitch. That was a good pop quiz. And I liked it because I got it right. I'm surprised you dropped all the way back to Sundin. I thought you would have been thinking more recent drafts when I said five. Well, no. One, I know how you think. And two, I was trying to get the other end. Like, I knew Darlene was one, and I was trying to get the number five so I could know a date that I could work back from. So. Can you believe that there have not been more Swedish players at the top of the draft? In the top three? There's so many great Swedish players that you could talk about that were drafted late. It's crazy. Like, I think about Marcus Naslund. That guy easily could have been the top of his draft. I Lidstrom. think about uh, Lidstrom. Lidstrom. Hey, the Sedins, Henrik Zetterberg. Yeah. And he, he should have been the first overall pick of that draft. Alfredson. Yeah. These are, these are all guys that were generational players. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Even, even if you look at Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, even on the goaltending front. Absolutely. Henrik Lundqvist should have been a very high selection. One of the all-time greats in the NHL. All right. Well, that is uh, – hey, I, I really enjoyed the redraft. We're going to have to do this. And, and I really want to get your comments below about the redraft. Gasperi Kockniemi dropping from three to six. If you were to do the draft now, where would you put Gasperi Kockniemi if you were to redraft just two years later in 2020 from the 2018 NHL redraft? Mitch? Yes. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. That's it for the Post Game Pints podcast. Campbell Gallo brought you by LaBrosse Brewery and Trent to Dewey Entertainment. I didn't say that in passing. All right. So we'll stop it here and we'll, uh, I'll create a new thing. All right. Uh, give me uh, just five minutes. I got to sure. put my kids to that. Sure, sure. Dave, what do you got? You got comedy going on in the background too? Yeah. Got a lot of stuff oh, yeah. going on. Hi, bye. Hey. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, 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 no. Come on. VB.